This morning I'll be reading from the book of Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. One of the stories that we tell in our household uh, about Christmas, and both my parents are now in heaven, but it was told many times, is that uh, <clears throat> when I was uh, about ready to get my first bike, we were living in Jacksonville, Florida, uh, actually in Jacksonville Beach, and uh, my parents being a little bit more, and I guess this was more true back then, rather than buy a bike that was already put together, they bought a bike in a box that you had to put together, which was a bad idea. But anyway, they <clears throat> bought it, and then it's Christmas Eve, and so all uh, my siblings and myself, I'm the oldest of five, we're all in bed, tucked in our bed, so excited about Christmas. And now it was my job, my father's job, my dad's job to put the bike together. Now, again, my dad, who is very confident in many ways, uh, just looked at the box and did what a lot of men did. He just pulled everything out and started trying to put it together, okay? And it did not go well. And my dad got more frustrated and more upset, and the Christmas spirit left him early. And at some point, he got so frustrated, he uh, said things he probably shouldn't have said on Christmas Eve, grabbed up a, either a beer or a bottle, and took off to walk on the beach. And then at that point, one of the heroes in my story, my grandmother, reached into the box, pulled out the directions, and uh, with my mom, that when my dad was returned, it was a miracle. <laughs> the bike was all put together. Now, I didn't know that part of the story, but I did know on Christmas morning, I saw this beautiful bike, and I could not wait to get outside and ride my new bike. One of the things about Christmas is, is that God has given us ways to understand how he wants to meet us during this season, but also with the thrill of it. Uh, but so often we come into Christmas with all, from all kinds of places, struggling with all kinds of things, and we 
more often than not, think, I can just do this. I can get through Christmas. I can manage Christmas. I'm self-sufficient. I will make it happen, whatever. And a lot of times, Christmas gets over, and we go, what was that all about? <laughs> you know, it's supposed to be this great season of joy and thrill of hope and all these wonderful things that we celebrate and we sing, but when we get through Christmas, we're just exhausted going, oh man, I hope I don't have another Christmas like that one. I hope I don't have to go through that again. And so often what's happened to us is that we're not paying attention to how God has revealed himself to us through these great stories about Jesus' birth that are to again fill us with hope of how God could make our life work and put us together in ways that we would never have unless we look to see what is he saying to me this year, in this time, in the same way that he spoke way back then. Well, this morning we're going to look at the mystery of the incarnation, and we're going to talk about the music of the incarnation. What is the story? What is the portal? What gets us into this story this morning? What's going to bring you into this story this morning that's going to give you a fresh anticipation? Advent is about expectation, anticipation of what God can do in my life. What will get you in this morning? What will invite you in? Well, notice what happens here in the sixth month. This is sixth month of Elizabeth's uh, pregnancy. Gabriel's already shown up and talked to uh, uh, Zechariah in the, uh, um, with uh, uh, Elizabeth and said, you're going to have a child. And so Gabriel's already shown up and uh, told him about that. Elizabeth has gotten pregnant. She'd been barren for a long time. I mean, it was just, it was this miracle that she was now pregnant. This is the sixth month. Um, and, and then Gabriel goes to, a, to this city in Galilee named Nazareth. And you remember Nathaniel's um, comment, can anything good come out of Nazareth? So one of the things we should pay attention to right away is that Jesus being born in Nazareth, this is a uh, a town that nobody really wanted to live in. It was a military town. It was a town where people came through and went through. It was not a place you would go to retire, in other words. It was not a happy place. Nazareth was a difficult city to live in. And Jesus is born into this city that was, uh, by all stretch of the imagination, a thing that was somebody would say, well, you're from Nazareth. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? So here we go. Uh, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came and he said to her, now here's the portal. Notice how the angel Gabriel shows up to Mary. She's a young teenage girl, probably just lower middle class. If there was a middle class, she was probably just down at the bottom rung of society in terms of her, uh, where she was economically. Um, and this angel appears to her, and look what he says. Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. Um, this is the greeting for us today. This is what God has made possible, is that God can come to us in a way a lot greater than an angel coming to us, and saying to you and me, greetings, O highly favored one. The Lord is with you. If I begin to call each of you out that I know by name and just say to you, 
Joe, <laughs> you are highly favored. The Lord is with you, brother. Now notice Mary's response to this, as I'm sure Joe's going, why did you pick on me? You know, is, is this, is that she's troubled. She's troubled by that. It doesn't ring true to her. It kind of, in some ways, you kind of want to say, whoa, 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 what is this all about? Here's the way in, is for you and I to receive and rest in this great truth today that we are highly favored people. You ever watch how someone who carries themselves, who knows that they're favored, or they're loved, or they're cherished, or they're treasured? We just had the joy of having one of our grandchildren with us this week, and our daughter and son-in-law love her so much. But the person that she really loves to get next to is Valerie, Oma, because Valerie loves her and cherishes her and treasures her so that when Luca's just kind of walking throughout a little apartment, she's the queen. You know, it's, it's like, whoa, Luca feels so loved and accepted and affirmed. When you and I believe together, as a matter of fact, uh, here's a, just a challenge for all of us when we see each other over the Christmas holiday, is to say to each other, hey, old favored one, <laughs> the Lord is with you. You know, just to call and say, hey, Clyde, the Lord is with you. You are highly favored. Now, underline the word highly there. All right, we're going to come back to that. Highly favored, the Lord is with you. But again, notice Mary's response, and this is what we have to love about the Bible, isn't it? Because her response is to say, this troubles me. <laughs> what are you doing? And she tried to discern what is going on here. Notice that Mary's response is honest, and she has honest doubt about it. And this morning, if you're here and you have honest doubts about God's love for you, his favor towards you, you're in good company with Mary, and you're welcome here. God welcomes our honest doubts about his relationship with us and what he's doing in our life. Uh, she was greatly troubled. If you're greatly troubled, then you are welcome here. One of the ways that we can know that we're not welcome is because when we begin to let our hearts get hard and we begin to be cynical and doubt that it's even possible that I'm favored. When I look at the failures of my life, when I look at the emptiness of my life, when I look at the mistakes I've made or the things that have been done to me, I do not feel favored. I do not feel like the Lord has been with me. And for many followers of Jesus, this is the great deception, this is the great lie, this is the great steel, if you will, that comes against us is the enemy is constantly causing you to doubt that he is good and that he is for you and he favors you immensely. And if you're doubting that, welcome here this morning. We're so glad you're here because we want to help you lift that, just that experience of being rejected, misunderstood, judged. And begin to understand that this portal, this way in to God's story for you is for you to begin to believe, I am highly favored and the Lord is with me. Now as we work through the text, we see that uh, uh, what's going on here for Mary is that uh, the angel says to her again, now again, this is the comfort, 
repetition. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You have found favor with God. Um, years ago when I was a pastor in Franklin, Tennessee, which is a suburb of Nashville, uh, every year during Thanksgiving uh, break, right before Thanksgiving, we would, rather than have a sermon on Sunday, this was a large church, we had four services on Sunday, close to 2,500 people showing up at all four services, and in this particular Sunday, it was my job to uh, <clears throat> uh, open it to the congregation that anybody who wanted to come forward and just share a word of thanks, to be able to come and express gratitude for the way God had worked uh, in their lives, the mic was open. It was an open mic. So here we go. Um, so I'm sitting there this particular Thanksgiving uh, uh, Sunday, and this woman comes up and she introduces herself and says, you do not know me, I'm from a different part of the country, but I'm here today and I want to give thanks to God. And here's the story that she began to tell. She said, three years ago, <clears throat> uh, our youngest son had been in the hospital. He'd been very sick. Uh, we prayed, we prayed, we prayed. He finally got well. And we were so excited, and on the day that he was supposed to come home from the hospital, there was another complication, and he died. Uh, and uh, she lost her son. And she said, at that point, I went to the lowest, darkest place I've ever been. And it was coming into the holiday season. She said to her husband, she let her children know, no Thanksgiving, no Christmas. I can't go through it. I can't invite it. It cannot happen. Uh, in our household this year. Uh, as a pastor, probably the hardest thing I've ever had to do, do is be with a family who's lost a child. It's probably the hardest thing I've ever had to do. You know, when we talk about a husband or a wife losing each other, they become a widow or a widower. Uh, if children lose their parents, um, it's, uh, they become orphans but there's no word for a parent who's lost a child. It's just too awful. It's too awful. And so here this woman is sharing what she went through, but she said, I'm here to give thanks about how God has led me out of the darkness of what brought me to want to talk to you this morning about what God has done in my life. The next year, uh, holidays, they tried a little bit. It didn't go too well. The following year, though, she decided to put up a nativity scene in their house. It was one that was their family uh, set. She set it up. And there was going to be a few other things, but she could not get out from under the loss of her son. The grief was just so great. And she said, I was walking through the house, and then I heard one of my sons singing Christmas carols. And she goes, what, what, what is he doing? And she goes in, and here's the nativity scene, and he's taken all his action figures, and there's the baby Jesus, and all the action figures are on their face before Jesus. <laughs> and she says to her son, what are you doing? And he says, well, Mom, you know that everyone will someday bow before Jesus. They will bow the knee and say, Jesus is Lord, and I'm bringing all my anxious figures here at Christmas to bow before the baby's Jesus and say, you are the Lord. 
It was at that point this woman said something broke inside of her. The light just flew, the doors flew open. The dungeons of despair that she'd been into, all of a sudden she found herself just joy filling her life. And she said, I'm here to tell you that as tragic as the loss is, I am highly favored and the Lord is with me. That's all she said, walked off. Wow, is that possible? Is it possible that the worst thing we've ever been through, the hardest thing we've ever been through, maybe the thing we're facing even now, um, that the Lord is with us and we are highly favored? Now, some of you have heard me say, and I know you are sort of tempted to think, here he goes, off on this prosperity, you know, tiptoe to the tulips, you know, all this kind of stuff. But when I say to you, could this be your best Christmas ever? How does that ring to you? (laughs) How does that sound to you? Well, part of what we believe and we celebrate is our God has come to be with us in the midst of our brokenness and anxiety and our failures so that we know Jesus better. And if you know Jesus better, if you know Jesus in the midst of your failure and your sadness, you will be made whole, complete. You will have incredible joy. You will have joy. Your circumstances haven't changed. What you're facing hasn't changed. But you know what? You are highly favored and the Lord is with you. And my friend, that's the best ever. (laughs) Whether it's Christmas, Easter, during the summertime, springtime, winter, or fall, it's for you to know the truth that Jesus is with you and for you. Wow. Now, what happens here? Well, and the angel said to her, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Now, one of the things to really get a hold of here again, the portal, the way in, is the reason that God can say that you're highly favored and that he is with you is that he has submitted, surrendered himself to you for your story through what Jesus is going to accomplish. That God makes himself vulnerable to us And notice what he's doing for Mary, because you've been made for a relationship with God, but you've been made to make a difference for God. CTK is here to make a difference for God. And when you and I begin to understand the power and the beauty of his grace, we realize the grace is to help us be free from all that's wrong with us, but it has also set us free to bring everything that is right with us into this fallen, broken world. Now, we won't do it this Sunday, but I want to prepare you because some of you like to think about stuff before the preacher springs it on you, okay? Uh, But probably next Sunday and the following Sunday, I'm going to ask you to bring out your hand that represents your flaws and how deeply flawed you are still, even though you know God, you know Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask you to hold out that hand and think about how this hand comes out in your story even now. I'm going to ask you to hold out the other hand, and it could be either your left or right. You get to choose and say, this is the hand that represents the beauty of who Christ is for me. And so you have deeply flawed, highly uh, favored. Um, And what you want to see in your life, and again, here's where we're going this morning, is to realize because of who Jesus is, you can bring your deeply flawed life and sync it up with the truth of the gospel and live a congruent life 
that reflects what we're going to see here because it says that he will be great and he will be called the son of the most high and the Lord will give to him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. It's God's desire for you to realize that he wants to increase his rule and reign in your life by you understanding I am so favored and I'm so loved, and I'm so made to make a difference so that the wonder of who you are in his creation, he knew the worst about you, he knew everything you would do wrong, he still loved you, but he made you to go into a deeply flawed world and bring this grace, this favor to bear in a way that people are changed. To sit with a woman who is in her grief because she's lost her child, and just sit with her, pray with her, and know that God in his timing and goodness will set her free. To learn to bow before the mystery of what's going on here is what's going to really help you. You see right here what God is saying is, I'm going to give birth to Jesus and you, Mary, is an unfathomable mystery. The New Testament does not encourage us to puzzle our heads over the physical and psychological problems it raises but to worship God for the love that was shown in it. Now again, there's great mystery here, isn't it? I mean, I know you all are hearing me say these things, but there is great mystery. And if you're doubting or puzzling over how in the world does this work or is it even possible, there's great mystery. Some of you know the author Dan Brown, uh, The Da Vinci Code. And I, I remember watching an interview with him one time and uh, <clears throat> he was talking about when he was in middle school, he went to his priest and was asking his priest about the incarnation. And the priest kind of flippantly said to him, Dan, it's just a mystery, and just moved on. And right at that point, I don't know where Dan is, he grew up in New Hampshire uh, in his faith journey, but he just said, at that point, I just said, if, it, you can't, if we can't talk about it being a mystery, then I'm out of here. And that was the beginning of his sort of buying into being an agnostic. But the scripture's not being flippant here. It's saying there's tremendous mystery here. And I remember a great Bible teacher saying that if when you begin to see the mystery, you got to lean into it, and you have to learn to bow before the mystery. You have to learn to bow before the mystery. And so the mystery of the incarnation is, how is it possible? I mean, again, you see the honest doubt of Mary. How is it possible that God could conceive in her womb God himself, Jesus Christ? How is it possible? There are lots of things to think about, lots of things to probe about. There are things to pray over and whatever. But let me tell you, if you will enter into the mystery of what happened on that day when Mary was impregnated with the Lord Jesus Christ. J.I. Packer in his great book, Knowing God, says, if you get a hold of this and believe this, here's what he says. Um, it is an unfathomable mystery and makes sense of everything that the New Testament contains. Now, when this happens, when you begin to learn to bow before the mystery in worship, and worship a God who has such an amazing plan where he submits himself, surrenders himself for your good and for your joy and for your future and an eternity with him, then it's going to create music. It's going to make your heart want to sing. 
Growing up, uh, we, every uh, Christmas Eve, and we were now living in Tennessee, we would walk to the downtown First Presbyterian Church there in uh, Greenville, Tennessee. And every Christmas Eve, they would bring up a soprano uh, from the big city of Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, and this soprano would come, and the highlight of the service was seeing Oh Holy Night. And this soprano would hit all the notes. And my dad, who was more of a stoical person, uh, this was one place where he would just get on the edge of his seat. He loved Oh Holy Night. And when she would be hitting those notes, he'd pull out his tie, he would be dabbing his eyes, you know. And I'm kind of like, Dad, what is going on here? But when you listen to the words, till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. My dad had a lot of doubt about his value and his worth. But because of his faith and the way God was pursuing him, when he heard these words, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. Oh, my friend, if you can know your worth to God, you will hear the words, you are highly favored, and the Lord is with you. And it will thrill you. <laughs> it's the thrill of hope. It's the thrill of how we can change and be different. It's the thrill of hope of how we can sit with broken, lonely, empty, lost people and say, there is a way, there is a light shining, and the darkness cannot put it out. And that light brings healing, it brings hope. And that's when, uh, you know, Mary's saying, how can this be? Um, God describes what's happened here, but we get to verse 37, for nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing will be impossible with God. The impossible is possible. You see, probably maybe the greatest miracle that's going to happen here today is for the first time you're going to hear it and it's going to ring true. You're highly favored and the Lord is with you. And it's just going to feel like, for the first time, I feel like I am free to be myself. I'm free to be real to the true person that I really am, which means I can be honest about my doubts, my fears, my sins, my brokenness, this hand of brokenness, but I can also celebrate that I've been made in the Imago Dei, the image of God. And in that image of God, there is a grace and a mercy and a kindness pouring into my life that the things that define me and describe me are now set free to enter into my flawed character, my deeply flawed life, and reflect back to the world the joy that's found as far as the curse is uncovered. The impossible becomes possible. Mary moves from honest doubt to a holy consecration. She gives, she came to, uh, to uh, Jesus came to us as a baby, totally vulnerable and approachable and touchable through a teenage girl named Mary. And what does it help us to see this morning? What does it help us to wrestle with today? It helps us to wrestle with the truth that Jesus, who came for us to bring us back, to bring us back to God, Jesus read the directions, you know? Because he wrote the directions. And then he became the fulfillment of what was God's plan to rescue people like me. He came to fulfill the Father's plan to save us, the plan of our redemption, 
So here's a question I want you to wrestle with this Christmas as you wrestle with God's favor and his being with you. Is what is it this Christmas that you need to be saved from? What is it you need to be saved from this Christmas? Um, what is it that God would deliver you from? What is something going on in your story right now that robs you of the joy of believing the Lord is with me and I am highly favored? And then what is it that this Christmas you need to be saved for? And maybe the greatest thing that will happen for some of you is there'll be a renewed hunger to bow before the mystery and worship to really worship in spirit and truth and know the freedom for which you've been set free is to be the very person that God's looking for, the person who worships me in spirit and truth, and then stand back and get ready because then there's joy, there's hope, there's love, there's peace, there's so much to live for. Because, my friend, as impossible as you may seem to yourself and impossible the things you carry in your story, nothing is impossible in your story that God has not committed to redeem. Let us pray. Father, we pray this morning that you would give us that thrill of hope, that thrill that we are belong to you and that you're with us and that you're for us. So again, Jesus, uh, rescue us today for yourself. Set us free to be people who are hopeful and joyful about how you want to change us from the inside out. And as Valerie read from that beautiful psalm this morning, to make us people who have hope in your steadfast love, which endures forever. Amen.